This is AgriPulse Drive Time for Wednesday, November 14th. Good afternoon. I'm Jeff Daly. Drive Time is brought to you by NCIS, the National Crop Insurance Services. America's crop insurance agencies provide individualized protection on more than 311 million acres of farmland. Well, Senate leadership has been secured for both political parties for the coming Congress. Senate Democrats made no changes to their leadership by acclamation. Senator Chuck Schumer of New York remains the minority leader. Senator Dick Durbin of Illinois will serve as minority whip. And Senator Patty Murray of Washington State won a new term as assistant leader. Senator Debbie Stabenow remains the Democratic Policy Committee chair. And also by acclamation, GOP senators elected Kentucky Senator Mitch McConnell as Senate Majority Leader. In a leadership change, though, Texas Senator John Cornyn is being forced out of the GOP whip position due to term limits. South Dakota Senator John Thune will serve the number two spot for the GOP. Syngenta's Mary Kay Thatcher suggests agriculture will benefit from having Senator Thune in the whip leadership position. Now with John Thune being the number two Republican in the Senate, I think that's going to be wonderful for agriculture. I mean, he has been a great representative for South Dakota, but he knows and understands and loves uh, farming and ranching. So I think that'll get that perspective at a very high up level. Iowa Senator Joni Ernst selected as vice chair of the GOP conference. Now in the House, the shrunken GOP selected Representative Kevin McCarthy as minority leader. House Democrats will elect their speaker after the Thanksgiving holiday. Well, the new Congress will bring new leadership to key committees in the lower chamber. AgriPulse's Phil Brasher offered an exhaustive review of possible committee leaders with influence on agriculture and rural America. We're talking about uh, Ways and Means, which has authority over tax and trade legislation. That's the committee that will handle the new version of NAFTA. There's the Energy and Commerce Committee, which is one of the most powerful committees in the House, which has oversight and legislative authority for FDA, Food and Drug Administration, and EPA, as well as the Renewable Fuel Standard. There is the Judiciary Committee, which has responsibility for immigration policy. So you take those three committees and you've got a lot of authority, a lot of important legislation that has to go through them. Brasher's October 24th article, Control of Key House Committees, is still available at agripulse.com. Minnesota's Colin Peterson should return to the chairman's post of the House Agriculture Committee, but Brasher says there'll be new faces with little ag experience. There are very few new Democrats coming from rural districts. They're primarily going to come from suburban and urban districts. You know, in this past midterm elections, the Democrats really cleaned up in the suburbs of Kansas City, Dallas, Des Moines, Atlanta, across the country. And so that's where some of the new members of the House Ag Committee are going to come from. Peterson has been outspoken that he'd rather approve a farm bill this year and have to start the process over in the new Congress. Now, also at AgriPulse.com, Phil Brasher has the latest word on what appears to be a dust-up and the closed-door farm bill talks on whether cooperatives should be allowed to share crop insurance profits with their members. And also, be sure to look for coverage from AgriPulse Associate Editor Steve Daines on opposition from a number of groups to the nomination of Scott Hutchins to be USDA's chief scientist.
This week in Omaha at the American Bankers Conference, Shane Haynes, chair of the ABA Agriculture and Rural Bankers Committee, said the lack of a farm bill is making it difficult for growers to work with their lenders in planning for 2019. We've got producers trying to make planting decisions and pre-purchase decisions as they look at trying to uh, pre-purchase inputs for 2019. And without the confidence of what farm bill and what uh, protections are going to be put in place, they're having a hard time figuring out what uh, crops to, to plant when they come into the bank. We don't know what put on, to put on their cash flow because of the same purpose. They, they don't know what they're going to plant. We don't know what they're going to plant. Right now, we're kind of punting, if you will, uh, letting guys continue to think about it. Haynes says it's imperative to have farm policy decisions in place before the renewal season that hits between January and March of the new year. And finally, in a first-of-its-kind partnership, the National Corn Growers Association and the Environmental Defense Fund announced they will work together to improve environmental outcomes while optimizing productivity and profitability for growers. EDF's Susie Friedman says it's an escalation of what the two groups can accomplish together. We've known that this is exactly the kind of work that is going to enable us both to succeed for years. We're just formalizing it now. So, um, But outside of those, I think, that are really close to the value of non-traditional partnerships and the win-win opportunities of working together, this likely does look like a new day. AgriPulse Drive Time is brought to you by NCIS. Today's AgriPulse Drive Time is brought to you by America's Crop Insurance Industry, which is thankful for the continued support of farmers, commodity organizations, rural businesses, lenders, and lawmakers who are fighting to maintain a strong farm safety net. Providing individualized protection on more than 311 million acres of farmland, crop insurance remains the smartest, most efficient way to secure America's food, fiber, and fuel supply. That is drive time for this Wednesday afternoon, November 14th. For the latest agriculture news from Washington, D.C., look to AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse, I'm Jeff Daly.